Welcome to Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For, the podcast dedicated to integrative health and healing from breast cancer and breast cancer treatment using the best of conventional and natural medicine. Your host, Deborah Beaumont, is an advanced practice nurse, functional medicine practitioner, and fellow breast cancer survivor. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. I'm Deborah Beaumont. I'm a functional medicine practitioner, advanced practice nurse, and fellow breast cancer survivor. Today's episode is a continuation of a two-part series that I did with breast cancer survivor, cancer coach, and chef Leslie Nance. She is joining us to talk about her own personal recovery, how she used nutrition, integrative medicine to really heal herself both mentally and physically, and gave her the needed tools to actually get through her breast cancer recovery, not only in very good shape, but actually thriving through the process and afterwards. She is funny and down to earth and really brings all of this information in a very approachable way. So without further waiting, let me continue with our interview with Leslie Nance. I have been so passionate about teaching people how to make these real foods, these functional foods taste great and easy. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. It needs to be somewhat easy. You still have to cook, but it needs to be somewhat easy and it needs to taste great and it needs to be something that your whole family will probably enjoy. So it can't be these funkified foods that are like, you know, and then put in the green powder and then, and it turns out like this brown weird color and then you're you're supposed to drink it or eat it. Oh, come on. I am not going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And neither are you. And so it has to be pretty. It has to taste great. What right? are you eating, mom? You know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool in like 1998 to eat some brown drink thing, but it's not cool anymore. And so, no. and it's just, ugh. and so anyway, but it's, those were priorities for me. So it's so first understanding about nutrition and what it does, what food does in the body, the information that we're feeding our body, how does our body react to that information? And so I do, I teach all that. I said all that to say, I teach a live cooking class uh, four days a week on uh, Twitter, Periscope and on Facebook. Um, under Go To Kitchens, and it's called Lunch with Leslie, and it's an hour, hour and a half long show. And um, I actually start a, all the recipes that you see on my website have been made in front of a live audience at some point, and I make those recipes and teach people how to make them, and then we post the recipe. And so it's a format of full circle. Um, you know, because you're getting the education, you're seeing how to make it, then you have the, then you have the paperwork to actually go and get the recipe and make the recipe. And so it's been, um, it's been a really, really good system for a lot of people. And I'm, I love the way that it's, uh, what's happening with it right now. And then about a year ago, a little, little more than a, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I launched 27 day real food challenge, which is, uh, the breakup with, with junk food. If you mm-hmm. want to, if you want to break up with junk food, um, it's 27 days. It's only $27. I made it purposefully cheap so that people could afford it and would do it. Um, and it's an email campaign that just drops into your email every single day with a video and a how to, and a, this is your task for today sort of thing. And it's, um, your challenge for today. And I have seen people, I've seen women that had 
uh, one of my clients, Pam, she has um, she had severe Parkinson's, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, high blood pressure, you name it. I mean, seriously, you name it. She had it. everything but cancer. She had it, yeah. and uh, and I, you notice I'm saying had. <laughs> so she was on. I can't remember how many medications, but it was over 15 different medications wow. for all these. She's getting infusions for her rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, she was totally putting toxins in her body in massive amounts every single day just from the medication, not including the food she was eating. She did the 27-day real food challenge. She came out on the other side and she had uh, she's down to like three medications and she just now stopped her, um, her rheumatoid arthritis infusions because she doesn't feel like she needs them anymore. Oh. She's like, and this is just food and it's not hard and I'm not like freaking out about what I'm going to eat and I'm not stressed about it. I just eat really great food and my body is like, yes, you know, good information. I know what to do with this. And so it's been, it's been really powerful to see these women transform in a way that is so genuine and they didn't, they were just little tweaks in their life, you know, little changes in their life that have made a huge difference in their life. So one of the things I talk to every client about is that I think the average person doesn't know anything about nutrition. What they've learned about nutrition is through this diet lens and if you weight restrict, you know, which is probably the worst thing you can do. You know, it's like their their you know their best friend went on a diet, or this person went on a diet, and and it doesn't have you know. And, and as you said, if you eat the real food, your body is going to respond and release you know what it doesn't need, which is often excess weight. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the fact that you have videos with what you do is that I've also talked to a number of people. They wouldn't know what to do with a Brussels sprout, right? You know, you know, it, it, I mean, seriously, they've they've never. I mean, I I remember my uh, my family's from the Midwest, and they grew up on. I grew up on canned foods, and I remember the, I remember the day the first time I ever cooked fresh broccoli. You know, and I, I was blown away, like, oh my god, this actually tastes good. I know this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but there are people who you know, and that's what I love about what you're doing, which is just really showing people how to prepare food and that it it doesn't have to be this huge impossible task. Because it's like if you've never had it, you know, how how would you know? You know, yeah. and so I really love that, that that's part of what you do. I, I think yeah. it's an easy way for people to try new things and, you know, just experiment and say, wow, I really like that. Yeah, it's been, you know, and we don't, I don't, I do not, there's no diet. I always tell people real food is not a diet. This is not a diet. This is just a mindset shift. This is a relationship change with food. This right. is getting out of the drive through thinking outside the box, literally <laughs> getting right. out of the can, the jar, the pouch, whatever it is that your food normally comes in, a bag, whatever your food normally comes in, um, thinking outside of that and, and perceiving that you can be different and that you can do something different. And, and, you know, the revolution starts in someone typically when something bad has happened, right? We have a revolution. We're like, Oh, well, you know, but what I'm seeing is women who are, are they, they don't want to get to that point. Like they've known somebody that has been to that point. And then, and, and sometimes it's too late, unfortunately for that person, you know, and it doesn't cure, it doesn't cure anything actually. It will just turn your body into a machine, a healing machine, as opposed to a sick machine that is over, you know, overloaded with toxins and things that it doesn't know what to do with. Because when we eat food that is not real food, our body doesn't know what to do with it. And it goes into emergency mode. It's like, 
I don't know. I mean, I always imagine like my my mouth, you know, sending something that's fake down my esophagus into my gut, and my gut's like, um, what did you just send down here? Yeah, because we don't know what to do with that. (laughs) The basis of you know the upswing in in autoimmune disorders and the arthritis and Mm -hmm. you know the the skin problems is that if your body, I mean, like you said, our bodies are these wonderful machines that are always moving towards being in balance and being healthy. Mm-hmm. And so when you take these things in and your immune system sees it, it's like, wait a minute, I can't recognize that. So yeah. until I know better, I'm going to treat it as an enemy. Right. And it starts that whole inflammation process right. uh, because it can't tell the difference. You well, know? and that's when disease sneaks in because right. then your body is too busy worrying about all these toxins that it's trying to process, all these enemies, as you put it, that it's trying to process. And then, and then it, you know, and then it's not repairing the things that it's supposed to repair when we have cellular damage, right? So when our cells start to mutate and cause cancer, our body's too busy over here, like doing all this stuff with all this junk that we've put in it. And it's like, uh, well, we didn't, we, uh, sorry, we didn't see the cancer cells, you know, (laughs) sorry about that. (laughs) But that's very layman's, but I mean, that's well, my what I medicine instructor describes it as like a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. You know, the rabid dog is so busy attacking every perceived threat, but underneath it, you know, they're weak and malnourished and they're, you know, kind of in a, in a place of diminished fear. And, yeah. and so it's that very same thing. Your immune system is hyperactive looking for every single thing, yeah. you know, but, but when it comes to its own cells, even if they're mutating, it's like, okay, well, I sort of know that better than I know this weird food. So I'm just right. going to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and you know, I always, you know, people are like, oh, do I really have to eat organics? I'm like, well, you don't really have to eat organics. No, but that's just one less toxin that you're not putting in your body that your body doesn't recognize, you know, when you're not consuming pesticides and herbicides and things like that. So no, you don't really have to eat organics if that's something that you don't want to do, but, um, but it is something that gives your body a better chance. I mean, you know, maybe you pick four things that you eat organic, you know, the things that you're going to eat the skin of. How I have, a, I have a saying, if you eat the peel, it's no deal. Meaning that if yeah. you're going to eat the peel of something that you buy it organic and anything right. else you can leave, you know, it can just leave traditional. But, um, but especially when we're talking about eating like a big plant-based diet, and again, I'm not one diet fits all, but I'm a plant-based eater. I eat 90% plants, really probably closer to 95% plants, um, and everything else in the form of meat, dairy, cheese. Oh my gosh, I eat meat. Yes, I do. Um, (laughs) Meat, dairy, (laughs) cheese, grains, anything that's inflammatory in the body, I minimize those and I try to I try to keep the anti-inflammatory foods at a maximum and the inflammatory foods at a minimum. And so that's, I've, I've worked it out in percentages. So I kind of know in, in a pie chart in my head, you know, how much I have, how many plants I have I consumed in a day. And so, but when you're eating a lot of plants like that, um, then it's, and, and, and fresh food, it becomes important that you pay attention to the, you know, the organic side of it. Now, do I think that organic graham crackers are better than non-organic graham crackers? No, it's just a graham cracker. So just eat the graham. If you're going to eat it, just eat it, you know, but anyway, yeah. Although I have to say, if I had graham crackers, I'd still probably buy them organic. (laughs) 
that's just how I roll. But <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I live being in Hawaii. I live in a little bit of a food, de- a lot of a food desert, and mm-hmm. um, food is really expensive here normally. So there yeah. is there, you know, if this is something you're interested in, you know, I think uh, the EWG, the Environmental Working Group, has a list of foods that. Um, that if you didn't do organic are probably, you know, that right. it's probably okay, like a banana, you peel a banana. So, right. you know, yeah. you peel. but there are some that are, are more important to get organic than not. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and kind of familiarizing yourself with that is it can really kind of help you navigate all of that. That's why I came up with a rhyme because I would never remember clean. It's the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. I would never remember that. And so it's, so my rhyme is if you eat the peel, it's no deal. That way I know that what I do and don't buy organic, but here in this house, we eat everything organic just because I'm a cancer survivor and I want to give my body the best chance. But, um, but that's not necessary, necessary, probably for uh, just somebody who's being preventative. It would be more important to me that you ate more plants, organic or not, (laughs) you know, and less meat, uh, you know, and if you do eat meat that it's organic, I'd rather you buy organic meats and dairy than, than, than the plants. And so it's, you know, so it becomes a priority shift unless you just have unlimited funds, which most of us don't. And so we have to, yeah, so we have to be, we have to pick and choose, but, um, people say to me all the time, it's so expensive to eat like you do. And I'm like, really? Cause one visit to my oncologist was $750. Right. So right. I don't know. seems pretty cheap to me. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> one of the nice things, I think most places um, in the country have Costco's and about a year ago, Costco made a, a, a commitment to go organic. And so more and more they're having more organic foods. Like you can get yeah. organic berries and, you know, mm-hmm. And, and actually, if there's one, one change or one piece of knowledge that I would love people to have, if you think about what, what these pesticides, why they use them on plants, right? <laughs> organisms, yeah. what do you think it's doing to us? Right. And I just uh, listened to a, um, a, a show a couple days ago and glyphosate, which is the most common pesticide. It's also in Roundup if people Roundup, are yeah. and whatever, but it is listed as four different patents with FDA. It's listed to be a chelator. It's listed to be a dehydrator. It's listed to be an insecticide and an antimicrobial. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just, and it's like, what do you think that's doing to your body? Right. Yeah, I mean, and your body is being forced to process that out, and it's and it's a lot of work. It's your body's going in overtime trying to figure out how to get rid of this invader that you know, and then you're eating a lot of it, especially if you're well, eating fresh produce. You know, I mean, it's you know, but at the same time, if you're coming from a uh, from a, from a drive through lifestyle and you're going to a you know to a more wholesome you know real food lifestyle, just eat plants plants and your body because your body's going to be so much better off even with the even with the pesticides it's going to be like you know oh my gosh what are we doing I'm loving this you know I'm loving what we're doing here and your body will tell you you know I people tell me they start and about two weeks in they're like I just don't feel very good shouldn't I feel better I mean I think I should feel better and I just don't feel well and I'm like um you're in detox. You're your detoxing. body is yeah. your body is automatically detoxing all of these 
this junk that you've been putting in it for years. And so, no, you may not feel well for two or three weeks. I mean, you know, you just, as your body starts releasing those toxins and you may get six, seven weeks down the road and it may happen again as it uncovers other toxins that it wants to release. And so, yeah, so the first month or two could not be absolutely beautiful happiness, but tell me in six months how you feel. Because in six months, if you keep up with it, you're going to notice a huge difference if you're coming from a, you know, a standard American diet, uh, which I hate that term, but a, a junky junk food diet is better for me. But um, yeah, so because it's not just America that eats like this is, I guess, why I say that. <laughs> well, one of the things that I learned, and this came after uh, going through uh, a large weight loss, uh, one of the things that, that I learned, and I could tell I was going through massive hormonal changes, mm-hmm. but one of the things the body does is when it doesn't know what to do with those toxins, it stores it in fat. Mm-hmm. And, and so when people are losing weight, which they often do when they go from this junk food diet to a natural food diet, mm-hmm. you're also releasing even more toxins into your system that your body tried to protect you from mm-hmm. by storing it in fat. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you know, in addition to the fact that, that we know for a fact that things like sugar, um, a high flour intake, those we actually are become physically addicted to those things. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it is a true and literal withdrawal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just that you just want to eat 12 Snickers bars a day. Some people are more sensitive. I mean, and, and then when you stop, it truly is your brain actually goes through withdrawal. Yeah. And, and people don't realize that. And then one day down the road, you'll eat something that is not even that sweet and you eat it and it's like, what the what? This is like crazy town sweet. Who eats this stuff? Right. And then right. just six months ago, you would have had like, you know, 10 of those cookies and now right. you can't even right. get through one because it tastes so sweet. And my favorite, I think probably one of my favorite results that I didn't expect is that my um, my taste buds would become so much more sensitive to yeah. like the taste of vegetables and fruit and how much I would appreciate those so much more when I didn't have all the toxic, you know, things going into my mouth and into my gut. Um, because now, I mean, I crave vegetables, I crave fruit, I crave, you know, and it's so much sweeter and I'm so much less picky. Like I used to be really picky, like it had to be perfect or I wouldn't eat it, like perfectly sweet and perfect texture. And now I find myself eating she berries and all right, that, you know right, it's crazy right. how much it shifts because your body begins to actually look for and crave those things because it's it's running on all cylinders and it's like give me more of that I want more of that and so um, so that was really exciting to me how much better food tasted real food tasted as I began you know on my journey I was like wow I this is a really good apple and you know I'm like is this how always how apples tasted because that's right, not how right. I remember them tasting. Right. <laughs> So. saturation point, I mean, if you're so used to hyper-sweet foods, mm-hmm. you know, it's like your taste buds become dis- desensitized to that. So yeah, Absolutely. it can take a little while. Yeah. My big thing is that I was um, addicted to Diet Dr. Pepper. I used to Me too. A ton of it. Me you know, too. And, and I mean, like six, eight a day. I mean, I, I seriously had a Diet Dr. Pepper habit. Mm-hmm. And um uh, I don't, I can't remember the last time I drank it. And, and, and actually it was really funny cause it was easier to give up than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I just like substituted it with water, with fruit and iced tea. And, and it was actually easier, but like a week ago, I just wanted something different. And so I, I, somebody had diet Dr. Pepper and, and I, 
took a sip of it and I was just like, I immediately had indigestion. It yeah. didn't taste good. It tasted like, like chemicals. You know, I could taste the caramel in it, you know, the artificial caramel. And I was like, oh my God, I used to drink like 10 of these a day. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, you know, and, but once again, that is not only is that hyper sweet, but it's got um, all sodas have um, a great deal of sodium in them because it's the only thing that keeps the sugar molecules in suspension. Otherwise, you'd see the inch of sugar at the bottom right. of it. So they have a lot of sodium. So you actually become desensitized to the taste of salt as well. You know, yeah. so it's. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it takes a little while, but yeah, you can definitely tell a difference. Uh, I I just had uh, some friends, they had brought their son with them and their son was eating McDonald's French fries. It's like his only like naughty pleasure that he gets. And so it was his day to have his McDonald's French fries. And they brought him to the house and he was sitting in the back and I was like, hey, can I, I just want to just, I cause, oh my God, those look ridiculous. And I just, can I have a couple? And he's like, yeah, you were going to, he's, he was freaking out. He's like, you're going to eat McDonald's French fries. I was like, well, every once in a while, it's not going to kill anybody, you know? So I just, I had like three and I could taste the chemical in the french fries yeah and yeah. i was like oh my gosh these taste like little chemical sticks i it was amazing how different they tasted than what i remembered them tasting like you know and i and i as i as i began to think about that that night i was like my body's so different my taste buds are so different you right. know and just really relatively a short period of time um and i and so i can't imagine ever putting another one in my mouth ever again <laughs> and back to your original point your cells are different the Absolutely. cells in your body are different yeah. I'll tell you a really funny story. My husband came home a couple of days ago. And uh, when I was in uh, nutrition school, I just put us on a seven-day um, clean eating diet. And that was how we found out he was gluten sensitive. You know, um, and every time he eats it, he's like, oh, and he eats, you know, like the gluten-free products. You know, he had gluten-free pretzels last week. He's like, those were not gluten-free because he can tell. He's like, yeah. you know, immediately, you know, bloating and indigestion. And um, so he's become... Like, if I'm not on it, he's on it. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not gluten-free. I'm like, I figured that out, you know. But, <laughs> um, uh, but he was listening to this, this uh, podcast, and it was saying that McDonald's French fries, they put, you know, of course, when they're frying, it puts off little particles of oil. And I can't remember the exact story, but, um, but basically, so it was on the clothes or on the apron of the people who worked there. And when they went home, something happened and they like spontaneously combusted. <laughs> so there's something like, oh it's, it's like, so you're eating it and you could spontaneously combust. <laughs> right. I know. That's how I felt actually after those like three little French fries. I was like, wow, that was wicked weird. And, and I didn't say anything cause I don't want them, you know, I don't want to like scare my, my, I do not scare anybody into making changes. I refuse. I hate fear tactics because I think that they're not effective. So I hate sensationalized. I probably, I probably might like my website rankings probably really stink and I don't even care because I refuse to use sensationalized titles to right. get people's attention because I don't think that that, that they call it clickbait in my world. But um, I refuse to do that because 
it's not, I can't control you with fear because that's what the medical profession tries to do. They right. try to control us with the fear factor and then we make abrupt decisions. And I, can't, I just, it's not an effective way to learn and to have something sustainable. And so, and I want people to adopt this lifestyle and never want to give it up. I mean, that's right. my goal, of course, is to, is to have that happen. And so it's, um, so I never use fear tactics, but, and so the same thing applied with them is I didn't want to use a fear tactic of like, oh my gosh, I can take the chemicals. I didn't say anything until that night with my husband. I was like, I, he's like, I can't believe you ate those French fries. I was like, right. I can't believe I did either. And they didn't make me sick and I didn't feel bad. And there was no reaction other than to my taste buds was like, right. yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just so, it was so bizarre how, um, how I remember them tasting and what they actually taste like now that my body has been, you know, on this, on this path for so long. So yeah, which is just normal for us now, but. And what I often tell people is that I know you do a 21 day program, but like my husband, you can tell in seven days. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're like, oh my God, I could never give up. X, Y, or Z, whatever mm -hmm. that is, give yourself seven days. Most yeah. people can do anything for five to seven days yeah. you know, and then add something back in. And his was immediate. And I remember one day he just said, well, it's not like I wouldn't enjoy having a sandwich. It's just, I don't like the way I feel. Right. And yeah. that's what it comes down to. When you can be in tune with your body and how the food is making you feel, then it's not a matter of being deprived. It's a matter of choosing to give it up. And that's well, it's an totally empowerment. Yeah, it's an empowerment versus a guilt trip. I mean, right. you know, it's a we feel empowered. And once we feel so great, we feel empowered to keep that ball rolling. And so, you know, it's um, you know, I I can't I can't imagine ever going back to the way that I ate before. I mean, I just, I can't imagine. And you said seven days. I actually took that two months where I was trying to decide what I was going to do about my breast cancer. I actually took that two months and started a healthy um, eating journey. I had a lot to learn. <laughs> I thought I was eating healthy and then I discovered how poorly I was eating. And, um, and it was such a, I, oh my God, it was such an awakening. And that, in that two months, um, I had, I, could, I couldn't believe how well that I felt. I went through surgery, um, was at work the next morning because my body was just like, I, we got this. We can, we can heal you up. No problemo. Yeah, and so, um, but I was back at work the next morning um, after my surgery. And I mean, I had lymph nodes removed and all kinds of stuff. And then, um, then I did radiation. After I healed from my uh, surgery, I did radiation and I would go into radiation. And I remember being about, about four and a half weeks in. And that's usually when you start feeling really punky and kind of weird. And, you know, it's like, this is, uh, what am I doing? You know, sort of feeling. And I would bounce in, in my Zumba outfits, or we had been camping or hiking or whatever. And I would bounce in, go in, get my radiation treatment, come out, see my doctor if I needed to, whatever, smiling, happy. And the women that were in the, you know, going through the same thing at the same time with me, they're, one of them finally set me down in a group of like five women. And they were like, we have to know why you are so well and we are so sick. Yes. yes. And I said, uh, well, I, I can only tell you that I have been eating really well and I've, I've maintained my exercise regimen. And even when I don't feel like it, I do it. And, you know, and I, you know, and they're like, I, we just, it's, it's amazing, you know, and they're like, but you're way younger than us. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know. How old are you? <laughs> you know, right, exactly. and they were all around my age. We were all the same age within a few years of one another. And they could hardly believe why I was so like, you know, let's just do this and get this over with instead of like, oh, I'm, I'm dying here, you know, and 
even through the whole six weeks of radiation, radiation every day with four boosters at the end, um, my body didn't even burn. I had a quarter size burn in my armpit wow. where the incision was from, um, from my, um, when they removed my lymph nodes and the rest of the rest of me was complete, like, no, it was red, but it wasn't burned and blistered or anything. And my doctors are like, you're kind of like a miracle. And I'm like, I know it's amazing. (laughs) And it's just because I have been paying attention to what my body was asking for in food. And I'd been eating super high antioxidants and really just preparing myself for the influx of toxins that were going to come with the radiation. And so, um, so it was, it was kind of miraculous, um, my particular journey. And then that, that got the gears turning. When those women asked me that, that got the gears turning of, wait, I could teach people how to do this. I could teach people how not to be this sick during radiation. I want to do that. How do I do that? You know, and, and that's where, I mean, it took me about two years to get go-to kitchens to what it, like what it was going to become. Um, and then after that, it just turned in, it's turned into something. It's two and a half years old now, and it's turned into something more beautiful than I could have ever anticipated. And my cancer, my, my tumor saved my life, but this always makes me cry, but it's saving a lot of people's lives. It's mm-hmm. not just, it wasn't, it was personal because it happened to me, but I always feel like it was a gift that was given to me that I could give to other people. And so it's, it's been a really a powerful journey that um, that I would never take back. So, well, yeah. and one of the things that that uh, that I choose to specialize in is to help women recover when the treatment's done, mm-hmm. because as you mentioned, there's the treatment, and that's a very personal decision. But it's a matter of recovering from the cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. as well, not just the cancer, but the cancer treatment. Yeah, and so many women you know, they're experiencing brain fog and peripheral neuropathy and they're exhausted. And that can go on for a year or two afterwards. You know, I had a a woman come in a few weeks ago and, you know, I just put her on some very basic nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. She called me like two weeks later. I didn't even think it was her. Her Mm. voice sounded so different. And and she was so tired in my office. She could, she could, barely get through the hour and then she called me and she's like I'm cleaning my kitchen and I bought this and I went shopping and blah, blah. and I, was I know like, yeah but it was just replacing those those basic nutrients so one of the things I'd really like to emphasize for women who have gone through this is that we've been talking about nutrition in terms of prevention and treatment but I'd really like to emphasize that it doesn't matter where you are in that journey even mm-hmm. if you've gone through treatment I really want to emphasize you made the best choice that you could have at the time, given the information that you have. Absolutely. And so if they're, even if you're on the other side, there's still so much you can do to support your body, not only in recovering, but, you know, we all live with the fear of it coming back and metastasizing. So, mm-hmm. so in terms of really doing everything you can to make sure that it doesn't come back. So um, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you know, no. it, this is going to just improve your overall health. Not to mention, no one ever talks about all the comorbid, that's that's a medical term, but all the other health problems you have sometimes going into this, you know, the hypertension, the diabetes, the autoimmune, all of those, you know, hyperglycemia, you know, high blood sugar, all of those are corrected by these same principles and all of those play a role in us getting cancer and getting sick in, in other ways. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when somebody comes to me for cancer coaching, we don't talk a lot about cancer. 
Right. Even if they have active, I mean, I have people that are coaching with me right now that are, you know, uh, stage four, been given, you know, six weeks to live. I have one that said six weeks, she's six months, and she's like, Psh. they should have said six years because I'm right. fine, <laughs> you know? And right. it's, um, but it, you know, I tell, we don't talk a lot about what's going on with the cancer because the cancer is really just a symptom of something right. bigger that's happening inside the body. And so, we focus on where's what's that let's do the detective work to find out where the malfunction is so that we can prevent it from happening again you know and maybe even maybe even either manage the cancer you know so that it doesn't increase or maybe it doesn't decrease but maybe you know you don't have any growth um but you know just manage it and just let it be part of your body and right. and just go about your you know go about your life you may have some symptoms that some days it's are worse than others or whatever but um but just trying to live as normal as possible um and stop focusing on this kill the cancer kill the cancer kill the cancer right. kill the cancer and and let's correct what's happening in the body. And sometimes that has nothing to do with the physical body. It has more to do with the spiritual body and the mental body. I mean, yeah. how many times have I gotten to people that had a cynical Barbie or whatever their cynical Barbie is, and we had to kill it. Right. <laughs> we had right. to get exactly. rid of it. Exactly. And so, and that made all the difference in the world. I mean, I've seen, I've seen melanoma now twice um, disappear literally on its own without any treatment, just by going through counseling, um, some, you know, ha talking to a psychologist or a psychiatrist in so a couple of cases, um, and, and dealing with back prop, you know, problems that happened to them 20 years ago that created so much anger and so much hate and so much disdain that it has, it has gone all the way across their life and it manifested itself in a tumor on their skin. Right. And, correcting that and seeing that just like spontaneously disappear, you know, right. oh, well, it just, you know, I, I watched a, we, I watched a woman's tumor just kept shrinking and kept shrinking and kept shrinking. And she was like, boy, this is, you know, this is different. But I also watched her go from somebody who was very sad and very lonely to somebody who ended up marrying a man that had three children. And then all of a sudden she, that was widowed. And so she had three small children in her house that she couldn't have of her own. Oh, and, wow. and watching her life progress into something yeah. beautiful because she took control. She recognized there's a problem. I need to fix it. But it manifested itself in cash. As cancer, and yeah. that's where the light bulb went off, and and she didn't want to do any other treatments because she would have had to have a large section of muscle removed with the tumor, and it was going to basically make her right arm just not functional at all. And so she's like, "I'd like to do something else before we get to that point, and you know, I'll do it if I have to, but what else could I do?" And so she started making these huge changes mentally. She didn't change. She. I don't even know what she eats. I couldn't tell you what her diet was. I knew immediately though that she had a problem up here <laughs> that needed right. to be corrected. And, you know, here she is like, you know, a year and a half later, no melanoma anywhere on her body. And it just kept regressing and regressing and regressing and happy as a lark, happy as could be, you know, living the life that she always wanted, but she had to manifest that in herself. Right. She had to find that path herself. So it's, it's crazy what triggers even physical actions in our body. Um, and so, but being able to look at that whole picture, I guess I went on a tangent there, but uh, looking at that whole picture is so powerful in our lives and understanding um, that, you know, that our vessel has many suffrages, not just physical, but mental and spiritual um, as well. And so paying attention to all of those things is very, very important when you're 
if you don't want cancer, if you have cancer, or if you've had cancer, it's very, very important. So, yeah. Well, one of the things I like to ask all of my guests is how they see this holistic and alternative approach uh, coming into play, even if you're choosing to do traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. And I think you just explained that really beautifully. You know, a, a doctor, you know, what they're focusing on is one aspect of disease management, which is stopping the cells from growing. Mm -hmm. But but everything else, you know, they don't have the time, many of them don't have the training, they don't have the experience mm -hmm. to sit down and say what is really happening in the quality of your life. And I think that that's the best way that people can use a holistic or integrative practitioner is taking a bigger picture. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to do traditional treatment. I I mm. believe I, I walk in both worlds, you know, Me and too. I'm not in a position to ever tell somebody, oh, don't do chemo or don't do oh, whatever. God, no. <laughs> my pay grade, you know, yeah. and I don't want to go there. You no. know, but, but like you said, coming back to like, do you poop every day? Right. Like, Let's talk about your hormones. Let's talk yeah. about your estrogen. And they're like, yeah, but I, I thought I was talking about my cancer. It's like, but all of this is, is, the, is the body that cancer can thrive in. You yeah. know, the reality is, is that we all have cancer cells because basically a cancer cell is a mutation. We have a natural mechanism in our body to say to the cell, you're, you're, you're dangerous, kill yourself now and leave. That's mm -hmm. what our bodies do. And, and it's all these other things that create an environment that it's like, no, I'm going to break off and do my own thing and I'm not going to do what you tell me. Right. And, yeah. and that's what all of this is. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, um, you know, just, just being able to take that snapshot and say, you know, this is, this is where I am right now at the time of my diagnosis. That's exactly what I did. This is where I'm at right now. What are all the things that are foul in my life right now? Like what, and I made a list, you know, what are the things that are wrong right now that maybe I don't even like about myself or right. that I wish I could change? You know, what are those? I mean, I will tell you one of them is living in Hawaii and I haven't done that yet, but, uh, <laughs> well, <it's not> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, but I mean, honestly, it's, it was taking that snapshot and saying, not what makes me happy, not what makes me, you know, not what gives me pleasure, but what are the things that I don't enjoy about myself? And sometimes those are hard realities looking in the mirror, asking yourself those questions. Um, because I, there was something about myself I didn't like, and it was that, that cynicism and that was just, oh my gosh, it was just rampant. And, you know, I, I just, it had to go away. And I knew that if I wanted to heal and that if I wanted to be better and if I never wanted cancer again, and, and nobody had to tell me this, I knew that that had to leave my life. And so when I let go of that once and for all, and I mean, you know, still, I'm not perfect. I still catch myself every once in a while. I'm like, oh my, okay, no, I can't say that. No, <laughs> I just, exactly. I, I need that thought to go away. I need to banish that thought, you know, out of, you don't, you can't live here. You don't live here anymore. So, you know, you have to go away. And I actually tell them that I speak to them that way. You, you know, you don't live here anymore. So you have to find somewhere else to live because you know, you don't live here. And, um, but, you know, getting rid of that part of my life made a huge improvement on being able to be sympathetic to other people and their needs and what they're looking for. And how can I help you achieve something that could save your life? 
how can I help you? And you said something about, you know, being balancing medical with uh, holistic. And this is where I love integrative medicine. The oncologists that I work with are all integrative oncologists. And this is a new title that we're just seeing pop up over the last couple of years. Um, But integrative oncologists, so they marry medical with holistic, which holistic is truly the practice of treating the entire body, you know, whether it's with medical treatments or not. And I actually give credit to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, which usually shocks people when I say that, but they led the way in right. thinking about treating the entire person versus just treating the cancer. Right. And, um, and, I, and I love, I love, love, love that this is happening. And I think that we're going to see a lot of people face uh, a lot less angst uh, with cancer as we begin to adapt and to adopt these types of principles. So it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to work in the field of cancer for sure. And so I'm, you know, and it's, I think it's very timely that there are people like you and like me that are there to support people through, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not curing cancer. I am not, I am not prescribing anything. I'm not telling you what to do. I am simply there as a mentor and a handholder if you need it and a pat on the back and a, you know, maybe that's not a great idea or maybe that's a good idea. I mean, it's, that's it. I am a guidepost (laughs) and that is it. And so it's, uh, but it's, it's powerful to even see people accept that and to watch oncologists refer people back to me that says, Leslie will be able to help you through this process if you, if you want help. And I, oh my gosh, that's, who, you know, that, that would have never happened five years ago when I had cancer. I mean, that would have never happened. So. Oh, and it's, it's moved so quickly. Oh yeah. my goodness. In five or six years. I mean, I got my master's degree in nursing 20 years, 20, oh my God, 20 years ago. And I got it actually in integrative health. It was like the only program in the country. And at that time there was no place to work, you know, yeah. it was you know, unless you were at like one of these little small places, but you know, it, there, yeah. there was nothing. So when this made a resurgence, I'm like, oh my God, you know, this, yeah. is, this is wonderful. It is. It's wonderful. I agree. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit from from the mindset change that is happening right now. We're just sick of being sick. I mean, people yeah. are just sick yeah. of being sick and we're hitting a pinnacle of that. And, um, and, I, and it's good. I'm glad. Yeah. I was sick of being sick and I, you know, I don't want to be sick anymore. So, so I choose not well, to be. You know, and I love what you brought up um, about, uh, well, one of the things I ask all of my clients is, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just had um, a woman who came into me um, uh, contact with me through a phone call. And she said to me, I'm 85 years old, and I've lived a wonderful life. And I don't ever want to go through this treatment again. Mm. You know, and it was like, okay, that's, that's valid, you know, and, and could be very different than a perspective of like, a 30 year old woman who has young kids, who mm-hmm. at the end of the day needs to know that she did everything possible, right? No matter how difficult it was, that's a very yeah. different mindset, you know, it's, um, you know, but really asking people what is, you know, so this woman, she's 85. How is that going to benefit what she has left in her life if she's so debilitated from treatment that she can't enjoy the time she yeah. has? Isn't it the truth? Yeah. Um, I mean, and the reality is, is her cancer probably won't kill her right. at 85 years old. I mean, I, you know, my grandmother was uh, 81. Finally, somebody else was diagnosed with cancer in my family. My grandmother was diagnosed at 81 with colon cancer. And uh, she, she was like, and I had already been through my, you know, ordeal. And she was like, well, you didn't do chemotherapy and I don't want to do it either. I was like, don't do it. 
you're right. 81 years old. And the right. reality is, is that your cancer is probably not what's going to kill you. Yeah. And at that age, <laughs> I mean, you know, as you get older, you know, your immune system takes a hit and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our bodies just don't recover the same way. Yeah. And, and these medications and these treatments are toxic. Oh, yeah. So you may not die of the cancer, but you could die of the treatment. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, not all physicians are going to have that conversation with you. No, they're not going to tell you all the risks that are associated with what, you know, what happens. I, I have to tell you, if people truly sat down and read like the, this, your chemotherapy could cause this, um, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. Right. Right. <laughs> There's just no way. Because the cancer in some time sounds better than the chemotherapy. I mean, because it, it's, you know, I can live with the cancer if that's what I have to go through. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I have, I have something very similar, a man, he's been through the treatments and he's, um, prostate cancer, slow growing, not, you know, he's 92 years old. And I told him one day, I was like, look at, this is not, this is not what's going to kill you at 92 right. years old. Right. And, you know, and he's, I have to tell you this one story. It's so funny. He said, I said, you know, I asked him, I do the same thing. What are your goals? He said, well, my goals are to be a hunt. And he has a wife and she's much younger than him. And she's adorable and he's my goal my goal is to be yeah my goal is to be a hundred years old and be shot by a jealous husband <laughs> it's like I like you you and I are gonna get along just fine yeah and he actually one of his complaints was that his sex drive at 92 had lowered since he's been in treatment and I'm like yeah. I tried not to look shocked, but I was like, okay. I'm like looking at his wife and I'm looking at him. I was like, well, that's pretty awesome. Right. I mean, not that your sex drive has been lowered, but that you have a sex drive right, at exactly. 92. That's right. impressive. That tells me you have a body that is able, at, even at 92, to recover from the junk that you have just been through. Right. I mean, because that's, that's impressive, honestly. And so, yeah, I and told him. Like, that I think particular aspect is very huge for women, mm -hmm. treatment and the hormone blocking. Oh, and, yeah. You know, to have a doctor treat that like, well, that's just the cost of being alive, but still take these medications. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's where you and I can come in and really help somebody with the quality, you know, and really look at, at you know, and, and that should not be dismissed. That's a vital yeah. part of our lives. It should oh, not be Oh, it's important. Yeah. Our yeah sex and how too often it is. Important. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a lot of us, you know, we've lost our hair, we've lost our breast or part of our other organs, our, you know, our sexual organs. We have, you know, we've lost all of these things. And so the sex drive tends to dive anyway. Um, but then you put on, you add on the drugs and the, the, the treatments and the therapies that we go on and those even make it nosedive more. And then we begin to wonder what is the purpose, you know, because right. most women are very sexual beings, whether right. we like to admit it or not, uh, we're very sexual creatures. And so, and we like to be admired and we like to be complimented and we, you know, we like those things. And when we feel like we're not worthy of those things, then it becomes something that is, um, that can be very dangerous. And when we start, because that's a sense of losing hope that, right something right. can be different or better in our lives. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a tough road for a lot of women. So, right. yeah. And, and, you know, and one of the things is that this is disfiguring, you know, for many women, this is disfiguring. Absolutely. You have had an amputation of a part of your body mm -hmm. and that, you know, and that of course has 
huge ramifications. Yeah. Um, so I could, I love talking to you. <laughs> we could just go on, we couldn't we? Go on hours, but um, <laughs> uh, but uh, please um, let women know the best way to access some of your programs, because I think I want to do this 21-day program. <laughs> so um, yeah. what is the best way for people to reach you and to uh, reach out to you? Yeah, so you... Your information. So the best way is just um, at my website at go2kitchens.com, G-O, the number two, kitchens.com. Um, if you're just looking for good recipes, good wholesome recipes that you can feed your family and feel good about um, or yourself or whoever, um, it, you have that. There are a lot of options there for education as well. Um, we have the 27-Day Real Food Challenge challenge. If you're struggling with finding that you love your kitchen or not, I have a whole class about falling in love with your kitchen called Kitchenatomy. Um, it's a 10 oh, class of teaching you how to be in love with that space and, and learn to navigate it effectively. I'm almost at a chef level. And so, um, so I have that class as well. And then, um, and then if you sign up for my newsletter, you get a whole bunch of free stuff too. You get, um, uh, cancer hates it, which is a jumpstart guide into making your body inhospitable to cancer. A little mini ebook that I wrote called uh, Seven Steps to Fall in Love with Your Kitchen and Yourself. And then you get uh, invited into our VIP community. So that is a great place. The other thing you can do is watch me on uh, Facebook at GoToKitchens. Uh, my live show is every weekday at noon mountain time. So that's 2 p.m. Eastern. It's called Lunch with Leslie. Um, it's not every weekday. I'm sorry. I just changed that and I'm having a hard time remembering, but it's Tuesday through Friday that I am there. Um, and then just one more place is uh, Fork It Over Radio, which is my radio show that I do on Saturday mornings uh, at 1310 KFKA. So. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. Well, yep. thank you so much. This is just yeah, thank you. And, and, you know, also I want to emphasize that you also act as a health coach. You know, you're, you're yep. a, a chef, but, um, you know, I really love the fact that you're really there to guide people um, through this because it's just, it's a huge learning. You know, so many people have never thought in this way about their health before. And I yeah. think that's the beauty of having a health coach and somebody who can light that way for you. Yes, certified holistic cancer coach and working on becoming a certified holistic nutritionist. I'm in the middle of my classes right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so more great recipes to come. <laughs> that's right, yes. Understanding uh, of, um, uh, functional food, which is uh, very important to me. So Yeah, yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. So much. I, I just, I, I just love this. I just can't wait to go back and listen um, uh, to it again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Deborah. Wow, what a really fun and entertaining and informative interview with Leslie. This has just been a really great opportunity to get to know her better and to hear such wonderful information that she has to share with all of us. So once again, I would like to highlight how you can follow Leslie and how you can uh, access some of the resources she mentioned in the podcast. She can be reached at gotokitchens.com. She does a live cooking show four times a week on Twitter, Periscope, and Facebook under GoToKitchens. I believe, as she mentioned, it's Tuesday through Friday at noon Mountain Time. And that's just a really fun, uh, creative show that I think you'll enjoy. She also hosts her own radio show, Fork It Over Radio, on Saturday mornings at 1310 KFKA. All of this will be listed in my show notes as well as some of the other references that she mentioned. So you can get show notes at my website, www.mindbody.com nutrition.com slash 
podcast. And you can also listen to the recording there as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I always appreciate feedback or questions. You can reach me at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com. And last, I would like to mention that I'm so happy that Nancy was able to talk quite a bit today about the mind-body connection and healing from breast cancer, because we all know it's not just a physical process or measured by the treatments you go through or the prescriptions you're given. It's a whole emotional, psychological, mental, and physical healing process. With that in mind, I am going to be doing an ongoing group for women who are interested in integrative healing, mind-body medicine, interested in learning practical tools they can incorporate for their own healing. If you're interested in that and would like VIP notification when registration for that group opens, please send me an email at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you can also reach me at that email address and I will get back to you. If you have questions about implementing an integrative health plan, I always offer free consults. You can access the link for that on my website. Just hope to be a support and encouragement for you along your own healing path. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or feedback, you can reach Deborah at RadicalHealthRN at gmail.com or her website, www.MindBodyNutritionRN.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Boobs Aren't Worth Dying For. For future episodes, subscribe on iTunes, where you can also leave positive reviews. Until next time.